welcome back to the Meddling Kids Podcast, your groovy review of Scooby-Doo. I'm Julie Kin, and today I have another guest. Hey, it's Ronnie. I'm from the Ending Pending Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Ronnie. This is another one of our little mini-eps about the theories behind Scooby-Doo. Why does this dog talk? Why is it never a trust in the show? And what is his origin story? So tell us your thoughts. Okay, so I have two theories. Okay. My first theory is a little bit quicker. I'll get it out of the way. <laughs> um, I see Scooby, you know, I, I've heard some of your guests talk about Scooby as an alien. Mm-hmm. I've heard you discuss him as a ghost. Mm-hmm. But the other, you know, entity that Mystery Inc. is constantly hunting is monsters. And I think Scooby's a monster, and he is the Slimer of the Mystery Inc. family, where he's like the first monster they nabbed, and he was pretty friendly. So they just kind of keep him around as a trophy and to kind of remind themselves to, you know, keep finding the real monsters out there. So they keep him around, feed him as many hot dogs as he wants, just like Slimer. Just like Slimer, yeah. But he's the poltergeist who never actually goes in the can. Right, yeah. I like this a lot. <laughs> he is the original monster. Mm-hmm. It explains how he can have like a family and there's other oh. like talking dogs and monsters. Do you think he was committing a crime initially and there was some breaking and entering and they caught him and then they realized he's just a good soul who needs a purpose? I mean, much like any, you know, crime fighting team <laughs> of teenagers, I don't think they were going after like, the, the the high scale criminals <laughs> right out the bat. I think they probably at like the local uh you know hot dog stands they heard some rumbling oh. and like oh there's a there's a hot dog thief out there. They turn the corner, there's just a big old Great Dane with some spots trying to eat some hot dogs and they nabbed him, realized he was he was a good good, good boy. And then they just they just kept him with him. And that would explain why his English gets better and better over time. Yep. His mystical properties are that he looks like a Great Dane and can speak and somehow has opposable thumbs, maybe, that are somehow hidden or like dew claws or something. But mm-hmm. other than that, does he have any other like magical properties? I mean, he's big. Yeah, he's he seems big. Any other dog that we see on the show is, I mean, we see a lot of poodles because it's a lot of like a weird uh, flirting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> weird feminization <laughs> of poodles. Um but yeah, he, he just seems way bigger than any dog should be. Have you seen a Great Dane in real life? I haven't. Well, they are normally pretty big. <laughs> okay, pretty well, that's big fair. Dogs. That's but fair. I, I mean, he is magically big and his yeah. jaw can kind of unhinge a little. So that's mm-hmm. kind of magical, I guess. And, and I, I know that I've seen him stand up on his two legs, his hind legs. And kind of getting one of those old, old-timey fighting stances where they yes. kind of fight with like their wrists. So I don't think normally I don't think dogs can do that. I, again, I have not seen Great Danes, so who knows what they're capable of? But. It could be a Great Dane thing. Yeah. Okay, I really like this theory. I'm interesting if it dovetails into your second theory. It it doesn't. And my okay. my second theory, <laughs> I'm gonna let you be the judge Uh-oh. as to whether or not this one works because. It, it it takes a turn. I'll I'll, oh, I'll no. keep it light. I'll keep a it light. Dark turn. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do we uh, need a trigger warning before you jump into this? I don't know. You're in like the psychological field. I so am. If, yeah. if I begin like saying things that are problematic <laughs> or like bad, you can just say, "Hey, stop. We're cutting this out." All right. Uh, I'm also happy to beep over you or replace you with animal sounds. 
<laughs> Sounds good. Sounds okay. good. So I am a big fan of Rugrats. Oh, uh, yes. And I don't know if you've ever heard of like the Rugrats creepypasta. No. Uh, so, so creepypastas in general, for anyone who doesn't know, are just kind of stories or, you know, modifications to stories that make you just really like unnerved. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, disturbing um, fan fiction. Yes, yes. Um, and so there is a Rugrats. Um, I don't know who originally created it because creepypastas are from like the early aughts. Um, but there's a Rugrats creepypasta that none of the babies are actually there. It's just all like imaginary friends of Angelica's. Oh my gosh. So that dovetails into, <laughs> I, I think that Scooby is... <laughs> This is this is wild. He is a figment of someone's imagination. Not only Scooby, I think that Mystery Inc. in total are all figments of someone's imagination, except for Daphne, who has created all of these figments of in her imagination. Uh, okay, wait, stop right there. And yes. Not because of trigger warnings or anything. I just sure. want to, this is complicated. I want to make sure I'm following along. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so, so none let's of the through. Scooby gang exist except for Daphne, except and Daphne, Daphne is having a really complicated delusion yes. that she's acting out, and, and maybe she's slightly aware of this, maybe she's not, but she's going through life as though she's accompanied by a hot, creepy dude, her best girl, Velma, her friend, Shaggy, with incredible gymnastic skills, and a giant talking dog. Yes. That is that is it. Uh-huh. I'm withholding judgment until sure, I hear sure. more. Okay, okay. Because why so, Daphne? Okay, sorry, sorry. Continue, continue. I will I will get into that. <laughs> so the all of Mystery Inc. outside of Daphne, it seems like are pretty they, they change as the series go on, but as with most cartoons in, in this time period, they're all pretty static. They're yeah. all pretty one-dimensional. Fred is brave and bold without much kind of, you know understanding of what he's going into backing that up velma is very logical and intelligent um shaggy is just cowardly shaggy mm-hmm. is cowardly and scooby's kind of cowardly but also kind of like fun loving and you know wants to be friendly and all like that daphne kind of just embodies the personality of girl yeah that's she, true she hits one note and that's kind yes. of it and and in like the 70s that was okay like it was never okay that we, you know, you could just no, no, describe someone as girl and that is their entire character. Right. But in like the seventies, it was common. So like, I understand how they wrote it out, but it just seems like they, it, it never really, Daphne never, at least in the earlier series, doesn't develop a personality beyond that. So what I'm saying is we've got like an inside out scenario where all of these other friends of her, she's created because she doesn't have any friends and it's very sad but she's created all these friends around her, and one of them just happens to be a talking giant dog. Well, and that would make sense if you're a lonely teenager mm-hmm. who's, you know, had a psychotic break. Right. Why not add a dog to the mix? Exactly. Exactly. It might even be like her dog that just, you know, walks past her when she's like a little bit sad and she just kind of gives it its full personality. Uh, it explains why. She is in this really strange profession of monster hunting and ghost catching. 
is she in that? I mean, is that part really happening? Is she actually engaging and sleuthing and going to all these different places? Or is all this happening while she's inside like a mental institution? I think it's less sad if she's actually going through <laughs> all these houses and doing some B&Es. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It also like explains as you, as I know you're going right now through the new Scooby-Doo movies, right. it explains how she's interacting with celebrities because somebody is just leaving the TV on. Oh and my gosh, all, yeah. all of a sudden Batman and Robin and Don Knotts and the Three Stooges are just right. like in her, in her fantasies. And, and that's why the Scooby gang are so unflappable. They're like, oh yeah, we're just in the Adams Family house. And why all of those can exist in her universe. Yep. <gasps> Ron. Her personality has broken down into all these individual pieces who who lift her up. And 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 even in the show, she she tries to have an idea. She tries to kind of make things work, but she doesn't she doesn't have the the confidence to make it work because she's given up all of her personality attributes to all these friends that are that are fictional around her. Okay, so two things. First yeah. of all, have you ever heard of adolescent egocentricism? It, no, I mean, but I'm very excited to hear about okay. it from someone who clearly knows what that is. So, I mean, it, in part, it's kind of what it sounds like that adolescents kind of think they're the center of the world. But one of the interesting aspects of it is that a lot of teenagers go through this period where they have this kind of magical thinking where they truly believe they have powers or that they are special in some way apart from almost all other humans. And mm -hmm. this is probably, you know, some people would explain this is why we're so into superheroes and why, sure. you know, a bit, I mean, we're also into superheroes because they're awesome. But <laughs> um, like a lot of teenagers will start having that fantasy of like the Truman Show kind of fantasy where, yeah. you know, thinking, oh, everybody's watching me and they're not just watching me because I'm paranoid about humans but because i'm part of a tv show you know that yeah. kind of thing and so like small scale versions of that kind of delusion are pretty common and it's very normal so mm -hmm. if that's something any of our listeners have ever experienced before or they know a teen who's kind of going through something like that it's normal i mean it can be disconcerting for sure um and so i just want to say you know if we're making fun of you know mental health stuff and so me being psychologist here i just want to say if someone is actually experiencing thorough delusions such as we're describing for Daphne here then that's not funny if it's not a cartoon and you can seek help because there are good treatments for this and it, it does happen so this isn't completely beyond the realm of possibility so yeah. that disclaimer aside because of course <laughs> I have to throw wet blankets on everything yes. I've got to say of all the theories we've discussed though so far this one is the one that has the most ring of truth to it, but also the one that is most depressing and sad. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I, I kind of don't want to believe it and I want to tear it down and come up mm -hmm. with refuting things. Part of my difficulty is that I've only seen Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And some of the new Scooby-Doo movies. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've been like holding off from watching everything else until I get to it. So I'm sure, I mean, does, do you know, does she have a lot more character development later on? Um, slowly. I mean, if anything, you know, the, the relationship between her and Fred starts to become like an actual relationship instead of just an implied one. Um, that's which still is just man exactly, stuff. exactly. It's not. It's it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. There. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, it, it the what would make it more dynamic is if her and Velma had like true conversations and true like gr growth together. Yes. 
but Velma is is very zeroed in on solving the mystery and catching the bad guy in the mask. And so that maybe maybe that's something that could be worked on. Hey, Scooby Doo writers, maybe right. like have have Daphne like seek out Velma as a true friend, and <laughs> Velma's just like too wrapped up in her work to to notice it. I like that. She doesn't really, you know, doesn't doesn't become. And again, I probably haven't as as much as you haven't seen the whole Scooby universe. Uh, I have have missed a good amount of it as well. So okay. maybe I'm missing something. And please, please let me know. Well, our our followers are not shy. Um, there's a <laughs> lot of opinions out there, and I, I really but, love that. And and I mean, seriously, some of the folks in the Meddling Kids podcast and Scooby Doo discussion group they need PhDs in Scoobyology. Um, <laughs> there's a few folks, uh, Jason, Gary, I'm thinking about y'all who uh, know instantly like the order of episodes and everything. So. I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to hearing their opinions. Yeah, and much like much like uh, you, I I don't. This depresses me. Like, like I am, yeah. I'm I'm kind of bummed out that like after I'm like saying it out loud that I've brought like this story meant to unnerve people <laughs> through your podcast. So like I want to be refuted too. Okay, Please. I will think of something. But have you ever? Did you watch Buffy? A little bit, not a lot. There's this one episode of Buffy where she wakes up and she's in a mental institution and, mm. you know, she's been given a nice dose of help her at all or something. And, um, and her mom is there and her dad is there and her mom's not dead. And they're like, oh, she's finally lucid. And uh. then she chooses to go back into the world of vampires and being a slayer. And they're like, no. And that episode is just so real and it just feels like, oh yeah, this makes way more sense than everything else. But, but, okay, here's, everyone's got a big butt. And, yes. okay, so the big butt, uh, that is a Pee-wee's Playhouse reference, or not Pee-wee's Playhouse, <laughs> Pee-wee's uh, Great Adventure uh, <laughs> thing for everybody. Okay, uh, nerd alert. Um, how about, uh, well, I, can you tell I'm stalling? Because I'm trying to think of something to refute you I with. I know. Um, well, uh, there's no saying that dogs can't talk, and they found water on Mars, so maybe that lake on Mars is like the great woofer swimming hole in the sky where cool Great Danes come from, and you know what, even if Daphne is having a big delusion, <laughs> maybe it's based on truth, right? Like, yes. all these people could be, you know, parts of, oh, maybe it's a prediction, and all this is going to happen. Right. Oh, if there's a, it's a big unknown universe out there, and right. it, it, what let, we need me, is a religious <laughs> person. <laughs> Let me try and soften this just a okay, little. Okay, okay, okay. Instead of Daphne is going through like some kind of a mental breakdown. Yeah. Instead, this is just like Daphne, she's six years old in the backyard and she's just got like, it, it's still kind of sad that she doesn't have like the friends to play with, mm -hmm. but she's got like these like, you know, a bucket on a stick and she's like, Shaggy, don't be Aww. so scared, Shaggy. And she's trying to like bring her, her personality out and imprinting it on all these, you know, the way that she plays in the backyard, kind of like, you know, oh, we're going to go hunt the monsters. Let's get in our car, which is just like a Barbie Jeep. Oh, uh, Ron, that's so nice. Okay. That's yeah, better, that's right? way is that different. Better? Okay. That's so different than what I was envisioning, which was like a poor, lonely yes. young woman who will be, you know, scarred for the rest of her life. It's, and that's definitely what I was envisioning, too, until I said it out loud and realized <laughs> that I, I sounded like a that monster. You, and that you were ruining my podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. 
Or Scoop Doo. Yeah, right? Okay, I like this. And I think a lot of us can relate to that too. Just that, you know, there's always times in every kid's life when they're bored and need to do some inventing and come up with Mm -hmm. some awesome stuff. Yeah. And maybe next door, you know, there's a new a moving truck in the driveway and a a little boy in a green (laughs) shirt with a a dog comes over and says, hey, you see, you want to play with me? And then she looks at her shaggy, you know, doll in the yard and says, yeah, I would love to. Do you like monsters and ghosts? And credits. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love That's, it, I love it, I love it. I'm way happier with the way that I'm okay. able to modify my terrible, terrible theory. Why, why don't we stop here? And <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we don't need to continue on to any more. Let's ha- end on a high note. But before we do stop for real though, Ron, tell us more about Ending Pending Podcast. What is sure. it and where can we find it on the internet? Sure. So Ending Pending is a podcast I do with my friends Andy and Evan. Uh, we break down... TV shows that only lasted a single season. Uh, some of the some of the good, some of the bad shows out there. And we ask the question, is it working? So we break down the TV episodes into four different podcast episodes. And we kind of go through it like crime scene investigators trying to figure out exactly the point <laughs> at which the show just broke down. I it's really fun listening to because some of these are series I've heard and some aren't. And the the it's really fun the way you jump in. I, I like it a lot. And you don't go so overboard. It's not so detailed because it's really only what four. Are any of them five episodes long or are they all four? Yeah, that's something we're, we're working on right now. It's just how to get how to crack those shows that are that are great shows. My so-called life and freaks and geeks that are just like a little bit too long to do we're trying to figure that out but yeah we we cap it at four episodes per podcast episode and so we don't go too far in depth uh but just kind of give the 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 what's working what's not working and overall is it working i i love it one limitation of it so far is that it does seem like a lot of modern shows have you thought about going back in the past we are thinking about that there are some shows that again a lot of the older shows before the internet, they didn't get canceled as quickly. And so you've got, we've looked oh. at, you know, John Shipley's The Flash. That's a 26-episode show mm. going back to the original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. That's a pretty long series. Right. You know, uh, we, we actually, I was looking at uh, One Saturday Morning, a couple of those old, uh, old episodes. One of my favorite shows from back then was Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Oh my gosh. That is a one season show, which I was very excited about doing this show that was so important in my childhood. Those animators were working overtime. There are 65 episodes in that one season of oh Buzz gosh. Lightyear of Star Command. So we're, <laughs> we're trying to figure out how to make that palatable for our audience. Okay, well, my favorite TV show of all times forever and ever is The Young Ones, which is a British comedy that was on for uh, only 12 episodes. I think technically it was two series because you know how the Brits are. Six episodes. Oh, we're done. Give Mm -hmm. us four years. But (laughs) it's so good and so stupid. If you ever want to dive into that one and want a guest, let me know. Or I could just send you research on the side. It's amazing. It's so good. Yeah, we've got our eye on some British shows, especially for that reason, because they don't last very long. Yeah. Even even if they go multiple seasons, there's not a whole lot of episodes to parse through. So yeah, we will keep that one in mind. Thank you. Oh, and so where can they find Ending Pending? So you can find Ending Pending. We're at endingpending.com. 
Follow us on Twitter at PendingPod, on Facebook at PendingPod, and you can send us emails. We love getting emails from our fans, PendingPod at gmail.com. Awesome. And we definitely want to hear what you think about Ronnie's theories here. Yeah. I'm waiting for someone to come up with like the grand theory that includes all of these. It'll Mm. kind of blow our minds and then we'll all literally go insane, but it might be worth it. So hang in there, everyone. And uh, you can give us feedback in the Meddling Kids podcast and Scooby-Doo discussion group on Facebook or on Twitter. We're at Meddling Kids Pod. So thank you again, Ronnie. And I hope you'll come back again soon. I would love to. I will bring way less depressing theories next time, I promise. <laughs> I love it. I want to say a quick thanks to Dave Seste for the use of our theme music, Night Surfing, and a big old thanks to Tiff, who moderates our discussion group and who is just a generally awesome person. Thanks, Tiff. And thanks again, Ronnie, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You as well. And just remember, kids, next time you're coming up with theories that are going to depress your host, you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids.